This podcast is brought to you by dpztechnology.com. High Impact Dads was created to give you tools and insights for effective fathering in a hectic world. If you like this podcast, please take a moment to leave a five-star rating and review. This certainly will help those who need this information the most to be able to find it. Hello, and welcome back to High Impact Dads, a podcast that examines how fathers positively and negatively affect and influence the lives of their children. I'm your host, Michael Conan. Joining us today is a man who brings a wealth of insight and wisdom to the subject of father wounds. He's an author, a public speaker, a happily married husband, but most importantly, he's a father and a grandfather. Bob Record, thank you so much for being with us again. So you mentioned in the book, uh, in preparing for the book, that, that women were interested in this as well because they as daughters had been affected by father wounds. How are sons and daughters affected differently by father wounds? Well, that's a great question. A number of years ago, a man you may know, uh, being a counselor and a therapist uh, licensed yourself, was a guy in Atlanta, James Mowry. And James was so insightful into people's lives. Obviously, being a counselor like yourself, he had so many skills and so many abilities to help people. And he taught me something that I've never forgotten. He said, every boy is born with an innate desire to be adequate. His greatest fear is inadequacy. And I thought so many times since then, Michael, how many times we as guys want to hear our dad say, that's my boy. Great job. I'm so proud of you. Man, you nailed it. You're going to be a good man. I see qualities in you that are going to make you an outstanding husband. We die to hear that kind of thing. And when we don't, we feel inadequate. Or when we see a dad who is so gifted, my adopted dad, phenomenal mechanic. He could take anything apart and put it back together almost in his sleep. But he never took time, Michael, to teach me how to do it. I grew up. I got married. And believe it or not, things around the house would break or things around the house would need repair. And I didn't know how to do it. Guess how I felt? Inadequate. Now, my dad didn't intend to do something that would make me in the future feel inadequate. But because of the inaction, there's an example. I grew up feeling inadequate. And then I would think so often, dad, if you would have only taught me, I wouldn't have felt so stupid right now. Or look at Viagra and Cialis, two commercials that made those two drugs, probably the most significant seller in pharmaceuticals to men in the history of the world. Why? Because they understood how men are wired. They need to feel adequate relationally, vocationally, spiritually, sexually. There it is. So while every boy is geared, I need to feel inadequate. Excuse me, I need to feel adequate, and I fear feeling inadequate. What about the girls? Every girl, James Mowry said, is born innately with a need to feel secure. We talk about a woman being a nester. She builds a home that is 
a nest and she does it like nobody else can do it. Why? Because security is so important to her. And women, not always, but often struggle if they're married to a man whose job goes here and there and here and there. Every time they have to move, it's often more of a struggle for them than it is for the man who's going to the new job. How come? All their security is uprooted and they have to begin rebuilding the security in the nest all over again. Or think about the little girl, Michael. Uh, we've all probably had experiences or at least seen it on TV where a little girl finds mom's slippers and some kind of dress and puts it on. It's hanging all over and she drops and something draped around in jewelry on her neck. And she comes in and she starts twirling around and prancing through. What is she wanting to hear? Approval. You got it. And you're beautiful. You are so pretty. What a princess. Because she's built you know, the need for security and a need for loving acceptance and approval for who she is. Her greatest fear then is insecurity. Well, when you understand how boys are wired and how girls are wired, if a dad's not engaged, that boy is going to feel inadequate. That girl is going to feel insecure and give it time, passing of years, it becomes exacerbated. Yeah, and that's the infection you spoke about earlier. You'll sure. see it evident later in their life. Yes, Absolutely. Sir. So we've talked about wounds being intentional, unintentional. What about can wounds be direct or indirect? Mm, boy, perfect question. Sadly, in our culture in the United States, divorce is very significant. Mm -hmm. Many say there is as many divorces, if not a bit more, uh, than there are marriages. Wow. Some say that uh, research shows that there are even more divorces in the church than out of the church. Wow. That's a sobering thought. And when a divorce happens, and we've seen that happen in our own family uh, with a daughter, there is a ripping and breaking of a relationship and a bond that God established and meant to last for a lifetime. When children are involved, that breaking or rupturing or tearing is multiplied because it's not just one person, a spouse that's impacted. It's now the offspring that are as well. So to your question, let's say a dad and a mom are divorced and there are children. Maybe that divorce is acrimonious and there's anger and hurt and uh, it has not been a, a pleasant experience at all. And by the way, I don't think there's anything hardly ever as a friendly divorce. Those are, those are often talked about, but I haven't seen many of them because that which God meant for a permanent bond has been ripped and ruptured. Well, when that happens and that mom is hurting and grieving, inadvertently, she can carry that hurt and that grief and that wound over to the children. And it impacts the relationship with the children. And the children see what's happening in mom. They may not understand it all, but they see it. 
there is a perfect example of an indirect wound because dad isn't there all the time, but it's coming through a rip and a rupture and a wound that happened that is moving on and impacting the children. Absolutely, absolutely. And so the, can the ravaging effects of father wounds be reversed? Yeah, yeah, it can. But let me jump back to your great point. You've said twice. So this has got to be active and not passive. There's the key to passively sit by and even acknowledge that there's a wound and do nothing about it. You're going to continue to be wounded and the wound will probably carry more infection with time. Can they be reversed? Absolutely. But it's going to take an intentionality on somebody's part. If the dad who caused the wound realizes and admits and acknowledges he can take that initiative. But many times it's the child who realizes they have been wounded. Then what do they do? Well, one of the reasons that, that I called this book Ending the Cycle of Father Wounds is because father wounds tend to be generational and cyclical. In my own life, I had a choice. When I came to realize what had happened in my journey, I decided I have two choices. I can either feel wounded, hurt, let down, disappointed, um, neglected, um, whatever the term and descriptor is that I might choose, I could feel that way. Or I could choose that I'm going to be sure to the best of my ability that it doesn't happen because of a wound I create. Now, does that mean I never created wounds in my kids? Absolutely, no, that isn't what it means. Because I'm sure many times unintentionally I did. And there may have been times intentionally because of, of a point of anger or reaction that I did and had to go back and say, I am so sorry, I, I was wrong here. But somewhere, somebody's got to draw a line in the sand, Michael, and intentionally take proactive steps to address the wound. Exactly. And, but you also actively and consciously work to minimize any father wounds that you created. Yeah, I did. And I realized that things I experienced, I didn't want my kids to experience. And therefore, there were some things I needed to change in me, because here's the scary part. Many of us will, will grow up and we will have had a, a difficult circumstance or circumstances with uh, perhaps a dad in this case. And how many times many of us would say, I'll tell you one thing, I'm never going to. And then we say exactly what it was that hurt us. And I'll be doggone if time passes, we find ourselves down the road and suddenly we're doing exactly the same thing that we saw done and we said we would never do. <laughs> and so I had to realize that that was happening in me. And I had to say, I said it wouldn't, it is. And I've got to take proactive steps to stop because I don't want this passed on to the coming and next generations. 
So for the person who has experienced father wounds, what are some key points uh, of hope and encouragement that you would offer to them, Bob? Well, I would say that any wound can be healed. That's so important. It's just going to take intentionality. Therefore, probably somebody's listening to us, Michael, and saying, as a woman, as a man, as a young person, so are you telling me that if I address the issue with my dad, it'll all work out great? No, we can't promise that. But what we can say, Michael, is you're only responsible for what you can control. Whoever's listening to us, they're only responsible for what they can control. So if there's a wound and they want it to be healed, the only thing they can do is responsibly take the initiative to attempt to make sure that the wound can go through a healing process. So it may be that that means they address their dad and their stepdad or their adopted dad and say, you know, there's something that's just been troubling me and, and hurting me for a while. Now, when you hear it, you may think, I don't agree with that at all. I'm not asking you to agree. I'm not even asking you to admit to something. All I'm asking you to do is hear what I've felt and where I've been. That's all I'm asking. Because I think in doing that, we can be sure that nothing's in between us in all the days to come. And then share whatever it was that you feel started the wound, uh, maybe exacerbated the wound, and say, Dad, whether you meant it or not, this is how I felt, and I don't want it staying there. I want us to be in a really good relationship with each other. That's my desire. Now, what happens if your dad says, <laughs> oh, no, he starts gaslighting you and actually starts putting it back on you. Well, you're just imagining this. It didn't happen. I wasn't anything like that. You can't control how your dad or stepdad or adopted dad respond. All you can control is being honest with what you feel and taking the initiative. You got to leave the rest of the results in God's hands and in your father, stepdad, or adopted dad's hands. And it may not happen the first time you address it. It may take some time thereafter. But I want to encourage you, having lived through it myself, please, please, seriously, take a willingness to um, take responsibility and take the initiative and just see what happens. You may be greatly, greatly surprised and delighted. Oh, absolutely. I think taking that first step, that initiative is empowering in itself in, in helping with yes. the process. Absolutely. It very much is. And you know, one of the other things, Mike, and I get answered, a, I mean, ask a lot is, okay, big boy, but what if your dad isn't around anymore or he's dead? Yeah. That's a great question. And that was my case with my adopted dad. By the time it came to a head with me, he had died. So then what do you do? Well, Dr. Charles Stanley helped in a book he wrote on forgiveness uh, a great deal in this issue. He said, when there is a 
a breach or a rupture in a relationship and that person can't be found or you know they have passed away. Sit down and put their name or their picture in another chair and imagine that they are actually there and say exactly what you would have said to them were they physically in that chair mm -hmm. and say what I want is this not to be waiting my life down anymore or a, a burden in the relationship you and I had any longer I want it to be gone I want it to be done away with and I wish you were here but you're not but here's the bottom line Michael when that happens you're really not doing it for the other person you're doing it for yourself Absolutely. That's very cathartic uh, to get it out and talk about it. And even if the person doesn't feel talk, uh, comfortable talking to the picture in the chair, they can yeah. write a letter, they can journal. Um, it, it, yeah. The important thing is to get it out and acknowledge, acknowledge it. That's right. That's right. You know, when I did that, I can remember sitting there with this chair with my dad's picture and Mike, I can remember how stupid I felt. I thought, what if somebody walked into this room right now? They would think I needed to be certified. <laughs> But when it was done, it was like a load was lifted off of my shoulders, and it was worth every weird feeling I had as I began it. So not second-guessing yourself now doing that, huh? Not at all. Okay. So we've looked at some pretty difficult things, um, and so I'm sure a lot of children who experience father wounds and a lot of fathers who've given those father wounds, we're giving them something to think about, but what kind of advice would you give to a father, uh, stepfather, uh, adopted dad, or maybe even a grandfather um, who, if they're listening and they're being honest with themselves, if they've realized that they've caused or inflicted these father wounds, what, what would you say to them? Bob? Oh man, what a, what a great uh, wrapping up question as we approach our time of ending together. Um, I'd say to those uh, men, go to that son, that daughter, that granddaughter, that grandson, and say something like, you know something, you mean the world to me, and you're so important to me. And I want us to have a the best relationship we can possibly have. And I know that I have clay feet. You know, I've just been wondering if along our relationship together, if there's been anywhere, any place, any time, any reason that I have even unintentionally hurt or wounded you, because if there is, I sure want you to be able to freely and comfortably tell me, and I want to quickly make it right with you because I would never want anything that I did whether at the moment it was intentional or many times unintentional ever to stand between me and you having the greatest relationship possible. Now, it takes a lot of courage, but boy, is it worth it. Having done that as a dad, it is so, so worth it. And I wouldn't trade anything, the relationship I have with my kids today because of being willing to do that. The other thing I would say is when you say that to a child, whether it be daughter or son or granddaughter or grandson, they may not 
be comfortable enough the first time uh, given an answer because they may not be sure it's safe. Might shock them. Huh. Yeah, yeah, it may shock them to death, or <laughs> they may they may need oxygen, but uh, they also may not be sure that it's safe territory if they really say something. Yeah. So let a little time go by, and then come back and in an unexpected place or time, just say, "Hey, you know, I just happened to remember the other day a question I asked you a while back." You may not have had anything in mind then, but I just want to check one more time and ask the question again, because A, they'll figure if you care enough to bring it up again, you care enough to hear what they may have to say, and that will help in the safety issue. Very insightful, Bob. Thanks. Given us a lot to think about, and you know, it's important to have that conversation, whether you're the child or the father. So, and, and Michael, the last thing I want to say to all those who may be with us today, just remember, even if you experience fatherlessness, your dad wasn't around at all, whether it was physically or emotionally, mm -hmm. they just weren't in the game. I want to say to you that the word of God says that God is a father to the fatherless. And from Old Testament and New Testament, he is referred to as our heavenly father. Jesus himself referred to God the Father as his father 25 times just in the gospel of John. And he told us that when we pray, he said, here's a pattern of how you ought to pray. And how did he begin it? Our father who art in heaven. And I want to say to everybody who's with us, Oh, there's a father in heaven who loves you more, much, much more than you ever dreamed possible and cares for you so much greater than you ever thought possible. That God says, I am your heavenly father. I'll be the father to the fatherless, and I will be there for you in anything and everything you need. So I want to say to anyone who feels like that part of their life was an empty shell for whatever reason, God loves you right where you are, but he loves you way too much to let you stay there. That is a loving father, and he's willing to do whatever it takes to help you become everything he, the heavenly father, created you to be. That's a promise you can stake your life on. Absolutely, Bob. Thank you so much for your wisdom, insight, and the hope and inspiration you provided today. I really appreciate you being with us. What an honor. It's just reality that a lot of our, uh, whatever insight we may gain, a lot of times comes through hard knocks through the life we live. Yes, it How is. It works but you're using that experience to help other people. And that's what's important. You're, you're living honor. proof that there's uh, hope that we can overcome father wounds and uh, oh. provide a better life for the next generation. So thank you to our audience for joining us here on High Impact Dads. I'm Elko Conant. We look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you. If you would like to know more about Bob's book, Ending the Cycle of Father Wounds, please visit Bob's website at bobrecord.com 
Record is spelled with two C's, R-E-C-C-O-R-D. Bob also has a study guide with embedded videos available as a companion to the book. You can find these and all of Bob's books at bobrecord.com and dpztechnology.com under the Total Life Impact Bookstore. Our host, Michael Konitz's book, A Work in Progress, can also be found at dpztechnology.com. You could be a part of this mission to spread this word to others. If you haven't already done so, please take a moment to subscribe to High Impact Dads on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your shows. When you do, leave a five-star rating and write a nice review. Every five-star rating, review, and every new subscription truly does make it easier for those who need this information the most to find it. Please pass this on to anyone you may know struggling with father wounds.